The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. This show at 2 a.m. tomorrow night comes to its conclusion. I know that we've said the worst things, but I just wanted to get a few things straight. Dad said that it would be me. If we want to hold on to this company for us, we have to go into battle with our own version of the future with the king. It's going to get nasty. Okay, buckle up. So that is Succession. If you haven't seen Succession, there's going to be a lot of spoilers over the next while. If you have seen Succession and you're not up to date with Succession, I refer you to my previous statement about there being a lot of spoilers <laughs> on the way. It's now over to you and your own personal choices as to whether you listen. John Fardy, host of Screen Time here on News Talk, is with us, as is Deirdre Malumbi, pop culture and entertainment expert. Can I get a general consensus, first of all, that this is one of the finest pieces of television to have been made in recent years? I think so. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing about it is I like I remember this show being a real slog to get into I don't know about the the two of you but I just found all the businessy stuff and the corporate lingo I just I couldn't get into it but what I find so fascinating about this show is actually the psychological elements to it because when you think about it Succession isn't so much a show about wealth as it is about trauma and the dynamics between um, the the characters that are the royal family and particularly with their father in relation and in particular I just think that it's such a fascinating like chess game you see these characters constantly moving in terms of power dynamics and manipulating one another and at the same centre of this is, of course, uh, Logan Roy, who all of his children share in common. They have this fear for him, but also this adoration. They kind of loathe him and yet they're obsessed with getting uh, the approval of him. And even in the more recent episodes where we know there's been a certain turning point, it seems that that hasn't really finished well, either see, which is this fascinating is the thing in this that I'm, you know that the theory in the Shawshank theory of maybe Andy did it and that you know you shouldn't look past it. The same <laughs> way with this the more I look at it the more I think maybe he's actually nice. Because their mother is terrible. They're terrible. He has looked after them. He has given them everything that they need. He has employed them. He has paid attention to them. He has forgiven all of the things that they have done to him. Maybe we're, we're looking at Logan Roy through the l- wrong lens. I suppose there are all different interpretations. And that's part of what's so great about the show. But my interpretation is that Logan Roy absolutely knows this like very complicated and very uh, strange relationship that his children um, have to him. And he completely exploits that for his own entertainment, really. At least that's, that was my personal reading. John, you have your sptical face on when I said that. I'm just worried about your parenting style, to be honest. <laughs> because uh, him up, John. He, he's a monster, you know. He's to paraphrase Bono, he's given them everything they wanted, but he hasn't given them anything they've needed. You know, it's very pretentious usually when people compare anything to Shakespeare. So I'm very hesitant to do You're it. You're going for King Lear? Yeah, well, everything, just the family dynamic. And he is a Lyrian character as well. We're not sure. Does he love his daughters? And you, I don't think anyone knows. And that might be the great imponderable at the centre of it. What is the relationship he has with his children? It is a strange mix of love and some kind of jealousy and borders on hatred. It's funny. We're talking about, you know, a slog at the start. But I remember watching the first episode and loving it, but not being sure what it was. Like, was it a comedy? Was it was it a real? dark drama and it's all of those things and what I think is actually wonderful about what's due to happen Sunday night Monday night depending on when you don't no I'm not giving any spoiler but the whole thing has been succession who is going to succeed and it's a masterstroke of the writing that 
that question is certainly teed up to being answered in the very final episode. In the way that The Sopranos did something similar and Breaking Bad did something similar with the fundamental question of the series may or may not be answered. Now the other thing of course when you draw a a comparison like that with uh, particularly the uh, Breaking Bad in Breaking Bad there isn't really anywhere in the world that I know of a secondary school teacher who cooks meth to being a billion dollar (laughs) industry. The Roy family there is an almost direct parallel in the Murdoch family. Yes. Does it stay parallel, do you think, through the entire show or does it begin to depart once they get through season one? Ebbs and flows a bit, I would suggest, and there have been weird real world parallels. But it, it that was the big hook of the show is this about the Murdochs. But I think it's a credit to the writing of it. That's become secondary because we don't really care who it is or isn't based on because the family is drawn so brilliantly well that it's of no real consequence, I would suggest. But you're a kind of newsy anorak, so that stuff matters. Well, no, I, Sorry, I, that's the second time I've criticised you. I don't mean to. No, 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 please. It stops my self-esteem from getting out of control. <laughs> um, the, having, I am the Logan to your <laughs> Having read the Murdoch, auto, not autobiography, the Murdoch biography, it's very like the parallels between mm. the way the families operate and the even down to Logan Roy's repeated marriages and yes. and infidelities and partnerships. There's, there are great parallels. Yeah, no, absolutely. And particularly in the first season, you could see that. And there was something about Jeremy Strong's character that when he the way he addressed the board meeting almost seemed to be like it, someone was in the room and they just cobbled together what he'd actually said that Murdoch saw. On, you know. on his topic, is he very method? Do I understand that correctly? Is Yeah, I remember there was some line he said, wasn't it, when he won an award like that he sees himself as that character of Kendall. So yeah, he's taking it very, very to heart. But then you see the likes of um, Sarah Snook, who's kind of, you know, a lot more like playful when you see her in real life. She definitely isn't the same uh, heavy handed uh, woman that is Shivroy, uh, you know. So it's kind of interesting to see like these different um uh, these different actors kind of play these different characters and how close and how seriously do they really take. And then the likes of Brian Cox, he's kind of always played a bit of a jerk, hasn't he? So, I mean, he kind of fits into that role uh, so smoothly. And he's very, very chas- charismatic as Logan Roy. You can absolutely see how he got to uh, where he is. The one who has been a revelation, I think, in this is Kieran Culkin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's absolutely incredible as Roman Roy. And um, another actor that needs to be uh, mentioned here is, um, oh, I've forgotten his name now. Oh, Nicholas Brown as Greg. Mm-hmm. He's ended up becoming something of an icon, actually. The poor uh, little uh, Greg. And pre- Wally yeah, that is Greg. Oh, he's so naive and sweet and, and you have to love him. Like how he ended up being pulled into this world is unbelievable. And that kind of weird, sick bromance that he has with uh, Tom. There's a great line that he has. Uh, you have to, to make a Tomlet, you have to break a few Greggs and he has really <laughs> taken that uh, to heart throughout the series but that's another element of this show that is so uh, lovable it is these characters are amazing and they're so uh, three dimensional and it's it's going to be incredible to see how it all plays out in this final episode because I honestly cannot predict how they're going to wrap up the storylines of all of these characters but the, so, go for no, no but the Tom and Greg I just think that's been the secret sauce of the show and again I can't believe I'm using Shakespeare again but in a way Cousin Greg is a bit like the Shakespearean fool that he's everyone thinks he's but he has carried that plot in all sorts of fascinating ways and been the the silent fool in the corner who who had a lot more to him as the show went on. What do you make of the tension apparent not tension may be overblowing it but I've seen Brian Cox talk about Jeremy is Strong Strong. and 
uh, tiptoe up towards being scathing about his method and yeah. sort of the old Olivier way of have you tried acting yeah. dear boy is, is there a tension there between the two do you oh, think oh I've no doubt well I don't think a show can run for this long and have that many egos in the room and there not be do you know what I mean that's just the law of actors being together but you know Brian Cox you know by his own admission he's a cranky so and so you know and I think the fame of the last few years has got on his wick a bit because he now by his own admission you know has people you know ladies in their 70s coming up and saying would you please tell me to F off and he says well that's funny that's exactly what I feel like saying so it won't be a problem at all you know this for him though it, it is by a mile his biggest success it yeah. must be interesting to be an actor and to have been because I, I seem to remember I think I saw him in episodes of Red Dwarf like 30 yeah. years ago yeah, he's yeah. doing whatever Sky ads or Virgin Media ads to suddenly discover you are a global megastar in the theoretical twilight of your career you'd think he'd get more crack out of it yeah I, I think he's enjoyed it. I think he's enjoyed it. I, he's doing documentaries now his final arc you know or his final chapter will be interesting what he does after this I, I have a feeling there's still road left to run in him so to speak you know what about the world that they portray? Because obviously the defining characteristic of this is vast wealth. Do you yeah. think they have done that well? I think absolutely, yeah. The corruption, the greed and the selfishness and the opulence and the extravagance when you see all of these parties that these characters attend, uh, the homes that they reside in, uh, the transport that they use to get between said places. It's such a surreal world and it's so unlike our own. There's something kind of in equal parts fascinating and yet horrifying but also hilarious about all of this wealth and it's interesting because it is a trend we're seeing in the media more generally um, you know in shows like The White Lotus which has had two very successful seasons what is that? Um, Triangle of Sadness what is the White Lotus? I've the heard, I've heard the name and I've no idea what it is. Oh, it's so good. So it's about this um, hotel branch and the second season is set in Sicily and the first season, oh, I forget now where that's set. But anyway, they're, they're both um, branches of the White Lotus Hotel and basically they follow uh, both the very rich guests that stay there and then also the staff that work there. And oh, I think it's Hawaii actually. Anyway, um, but it's an absolutely brilliant series. Oh, I know series. how I heard about that. That's yes. written by one individual. It's a single auteur that has written that and he's one of the issues for the writer's strike because they want to make a rule that there has to be five writers involved so in his mm. instance he'd have to f hire four people to watch him <laughs> as he writes his own screenplay now there is one thing in this that uh, on the, the wealth of it I remember Warren Buffett being asked about being as rich as yes. Warren Buffett and he said that in real terms the only thing that's different is how you travel yeah. that other than that you watch TV on more or less the same kind of TV you sit on more or less the same couches if you're middle class and in a western society you probably have air conditioning mm -hmm. or heating in your house so generally you're about the same but the travel is different yeah. is that the sense that we get from Succession that more or less they just lead they wear more expensive shoes but they live everybody else's life yeah it's like Tolstoy or someone said or maybe it was me you know we're all equidistant from life's great tragedies and these are as well they just travel in much nicer transport vehicles and eat much nicer and probably have to do less lifting. What I find funny about the money thing is that and it's it's interesting in terms of the modern boardroom, the way they talk about companies that, you know, have done very little and are yet valued at, you know, nearing a billion dollars. There's a there's a real insight into the whole unicorn thing, particularly uh, media unicorns and stuff like that. So I think that's been quite telling. And again, it goes back to, you know, we haven't mentioned Mr. Armstrong, who wrote it all, Jesse Armstrong. The writing is absolutely brilliant in this and it has real world efficacy in terms of what they know about the business world, you know. And well, there's also some of the emotion in it. I mean, the, the arguments between the married couple of Tom Wamsgams mm. and 
and Shiv oh, Roy. Yeah. Some of that oh, is, yeah. who's afraid of Virginia Woolf's scarifying yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's awful. It's really sad. And what's really sad is the way you think at the start that Shiv is taking this weird relationship that they have in her stride but it's as troubling to her if not more so than it is to Tom we thought Tom and she's brilliant oh, she's, she's fabulous. incredible she may be the best acting parcel in this whole thing yeah and actually just speaking of uh, Jesse Armstrong's writing the way that he's able to alternate between comedy and yeah. tragedy oh, is absolutely yeah. fantastic like take the character of Roman for example he's kind of the class clown he comes out with some great one liners uh, full of curse words and everything and yet in the more recent episodes we really see him like completely broken uh, thanks yeah. to our recent events and then you learn a bit about kind of his um, sexuality and romantic relationships and there's something very and strange that's going is. on yeah. there yeah that kind of reflects on how damaged he is exactly so so all three, we have uh, Roman, Shiv and Kendall, who are the three siblings who have been vying for control of um, Waystar um, Enterprises. Or yeah. What's it? Is Waystar? Waystar. If you were betting, because not a spoiler because we don't know, if you're yeah. betting who's going to end up CEO? Oh, it's kind of hard. To be honest, I've kind of been in line with Shiv throughout the series and I know it is because I can only, you know, empathise with being, you know, a soul woman in a man's world and all of that. And it's funny, um, I found that I've been very sympathetic with her throughout and it's only from reading like other uh, people's comments about her that I'm like, yeah, actually, she's not all good either. She's done some pretty morally questionable stuff as well. So I, I have to like run the flag for Shiv. But I really can't say exactly. I think that it's so hard to predict and that's just a reflection of how well this show has been written. I mean, who knows? Tom and yeah. Greg could come around the corner Oh, well. the thought. <laughs> the, the, the thought. Now, you, going back to your analogy, John. Which I had many analogies. Which one do you uh, This is, she was, uh, the two boys had always vied to try to be significant in the industry. Yeah. She had gone off and paddled her own canoe, therefore loved him as a father, no more, no less. Is it going to be she who wins? Well, can I just say one thing, a fly in the ointment. If you look at The Sopranos or you look at the Game of Thrones the last two like huge endings people were somewhat disappointed because the writer said we will need to follow our own internal logic in this so I'm not going to answer that question because I don't know but the ending could go <laughs> anywhere because these writers who write this prestige TV are more concerned with having a beginning middle and end that makes sense of the series so don't be afraid. There could be a strange U-turn. There could be. We could wake up Tuesday morning or Monday morning going, wow, did that really happen? I really did not see that coming. I don't think it's going to be neatly tied up. Never has anyone so beautifully crafted a <laughs> refusal to answer a question. John, thank you very much. That is uh, John Fardy, host of Screen Time here on uh, News Talk and, of course, producer of Bobby Care. Bobby is on his own, John. Quick. Oh, yeah. Don't well, leave well, him well, unattended. When's he on? I better go. And Deirdre Malumbi, who is a pop culture and entertainment expert. Guys, thank you both very much. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.